Welcome to Views from the Porch, a podcast where we explore what it looks like to survive and thrive in your young adult years. Each week, we talk about the biggest challenges facing young adults today and how to overcome them from God's Word based on our weekly experience in leading thousands of young adults at the porch. For more info on the porch, visit theporch.live. Thank you for joining. What's up, guys? This is David. We are back with another episode of Views from the Porch. I'm joined with Mr. Fort Worth himself. I rode bulls for a living. Joshua Timms, number three overall in the world. <laughs> Not true, but thank you. What's the up, team? Hurricane, they used to call him. And what was your rodeo name, John? I didn't have one. They don't change your name. Oh. Yeah. Well, Bummer. Like, we can give you one. You're never actually that famous where like people would change their name. If you Come on, Hurricane. <laughs> hey. hey, Hurricane. And then there's Elena. <laughs> Mrs. Haas. Hey guys, really boring compared to Josh's. But, yeah, okay, to sure. be fair, yours is always better than mine. Which is what? Well, you're always like, oh, it's Miss Florida or whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah, that is true. Yeah. <laughs> but just as a reminder, Josh took Taylor Swift yes. on a date. This was before her documentary. Again. Oh, take it out. Cut we it out. Before her documentary. Yeah. Have you guys seen the documentary? No. I've seen pieces of it. Hey, today, to today, here's what we're talking about today. Why? I thought we were talking about the documentary. No, no. <laughs> oh, okay, sorry. It's not. Bieber's? No. Uh, today, we're going to talk about why can't I stop sinning? Well, Josh, it sounds like a personal problem. <laughs> I, knew that. I literally knew that was coming. I like <laughs> got him. Oh, Boom. Man. Roasted. Appreciate uh, that. Why can't I stop sinning? So if somebody's wondering, hey, I feel like I've uh, struggled with this for a number of years, or I've been following Jesus, and I'm trying to read my Bible, and I'm still marked by sin, whether that's a specific kind or I guess that really applies a lot of ways mm-hmm. differently. I mean, any any more specifics on the nature of the question? I think that this is a, a common thing to feel because it's like you mm-hmm. become a Christian. I think sometimes when you become a Christian, you're under the assumption of, okay, now all of a sudden I'm going to be following Jesus. My life's going to go great. I'm not going to struggle anymore. I have the Holy Spirit living in me. And so therefore, all my struggles are going to be gone. And it's like, as you walk with Jesus, you realize we still have sin in our lives and we still have a sin nature. And so we're still going to battle sinning and doing what is good and what is right and what is pure and what the Bible would call us to versus doing what our flesh wants, which is just what our um, our sin nature would have us do. And so that's just a struggle. And it's like, is there something wrong with me? It's good. So tell me if I'm wrong, but I think when people are asking this question or I, re- I remember asking myself this question, it usually is centered on a specific sin, like something that continued to come back like over and over again, like the same thing over and over. I I feel like, uh, I mean, it it could apply generally to just like all sin in your life. But I'd say typically when people wrestle with this question, it's because there's been something that they know doesn't align with God's word that they continue to wrestle with the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Pornography, relationship, mess up. Um, anxiety, alcohol, eating disorder. Yep. Uh, the first question, just to drive this conversation, is this: is it is it possible to not sin at all? Is it like possible to be free of sin altogether? It depends on, I think, what you mean by that. And um, biblically, you are in Christ free from sin. That whoever has a son is free, and where the Spirit of God is, there's freedom. And yet there is. So it's a little bit of a nuanced question that you almost have to do what you kind of nodded your hat to and explain some of like the uh, components involved in the conversation that when you become a Christian or back even up further from there, everyone who's born is born with a sinful nature, which means that sin comes naturally. Right. It, it's easy. You don't have to work at it. Um, not sinning. I have to work at it. It's just, it's second nature. It's a part of my nature uh, to be full of lust, anger, selfishness, 
um, uh, slander towards other people, gossip, um, toxic thinking, all that stuff comes naturally. And then when you trust in Jesus, you are delivered from the power of sin and the penalty of sin, but you're not delivered from the presence of sin in our world. In other words, it's still part of your sinful nature that daily, the reason the Bible says crucify your flesh and sinful desires and pick up your cross and follow Jesus is because that still uh, exists inside of your your heart and soul. Yeah. And so um, is it possible to not sin? Sure. Um, for like the rest of your life, I guess it depends on how long the rest of your life is. You know, if you're about to die, you could go 10 seconds without it. But I think the um, biblical understanding of sin is that for the rest of your life, you're going to have to kill any action, word, thought, experience, emotion mm -hmm. that is um, held, not captive, but held uh, in operating underneath the power of sinful nature. Yeah, we, we would say anything you think, say, or do that doesn't please God. So in, any of that, you would, you would have to, for the rest of your life, that never happened. And, and Romans 3 tells us, hey, all of us have done that. For all have sinned, fall short of the glory of God. Yep. And so it is a nuanced question in the sense that um, uh, we are free from that. When we have trusted Christ, it says we are free from the penalty of our sin. Yep. Yeah, that doesn't mean it has been removed from us in the, in the practicality of that. So I don't know how people deny the fact that that there is a sin nature, like the idea, and yet there's millions of people who believe this, that and you're inherently good. And Christianity teaches you're not inherently good, you're inherently bad. You're inherently sinful. Right. And every person is. Um, and the, the reason we have to have laws in society is because in neutral, people are going to drift towards their own sinful desires. Like imagine a world where there's no police, there's no law, there's no anything. It's just the wild, wild west. And um, that was our world for thousands and thousands of years where just society functioned outside of the realm of, you know, we kind of like grow up in America and you grow up in the West where you're just used to like, oh, there's a problem, call the police. Dude, 3,000 years ago, you're not calling the police. You're killed when somebody shows up and tries to rob your house. And just that we're so removed from kind of the implications of the fact that there's a real sin nature that is a part of every single person and um, and apart from, you know, some of the societal laws that kind of keep us in order. And sometimes you even step it out of there. You can really see that taking place and yeah. see it in our world. And so biblically, there is a sin nature. When you come to Christ, the spirit of God, when you accept Jesus as your savior, the spirit of God begins to renew and transform your life and awaken yourself to the reality of a sin nature. Like there's something um, inside of you wanting to do what is contrary to the spirit and then helping guide and convict and lead you in the direction of life or away from your sin nature. I, so pretty complex stuff yeah. that we're talking in. So lean in if that doesn't I, make well, sense. Well, I have a question here. Why? Uh, so I'm just like wondering, listening to you talk and going, why is it important that people understand they have a sin nature? Like, why is it important for us to understand that a sin is like inherent, like we are inherently sinful and inherently bad and not good? Why is that important for someone to understand? Yeah, I think it... Um, there's so many different reasons, but mm -hmm. for a Christian, so there's probably a really long list of reasons there, Josh, but um, at least one of them would be, on, uh, hey, that I'm not growing weary and discouraged, like setting expectations that, hey, you have a sin nature. So if you think you're going to read your Bible just enough to where you're never going to sin again, that is a false expectation and a false hope. So then you're going to read like crazy, you memorize every single verse there, but you still have a sin nature inside of you that you have to daily 
crucify, surrender, walk according to the spirit, and that will never leave until you're in the presence of God and, and everything's made new. Yeah, and also another one would be if you don't realize that you're a sinner and that you make mistakes and you're in, and you're not a quote unquote good person, you're not going to realize your need for a savior or your need for God. And you're not going to realize that um, you need someone to rescue you from your sin, yep. that you yes. can somehow work your way out of it. And later in totally. Ephesians 2, it goes on to say, it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of yourself, it's a gift from God, not by works so no one can boast. So yeah, if you don't realize that, then you're going to try to either um, work your way into good works or and work your way up to a God if you even believe there's a God, or you're going to um, not realize your need for him and just be like, I don't really need God. I'm good. Yeah. Yes, I, I couldn't agree more. They, it, it, I think it, for all of us to go, no, it's not. It's actually impossible for us to be without sin. Um, is important in that we're inherently uh, bad or evil. Just helps us understand that we have a need. We have a need that we something outside of us is going to need, and that uh, and that's being Jesus. And so, David, you, you touched on a little bit, but I'd love you, for you to explain how are we free from the power of sin? Yeah. I don't want to like graze over that, but you said earlier. We're not free from the, the power of sin. What do you mean by that? And, and how, how, how can I be free from the power of sin? It means that there is no temptation that is overtaking you. First Corinthians 10 says it's not common to man. It, it, is, um, it means that if you walk by the spirit, according to Galatians 5 and Romans chapter 8, you can crucify the desires of the flesh and, um, and put those deeds to death and experience life. So in other words, because of what Jesus did, now sin is optional. But there is a sin nature that is constantly uh, fighting for your attention or flaring up in different directions and has, has um, uh, implications for the way that you think, for the way that you feel, for the person that you are, mm. is, is behind a lot of the actions and desires. All of it has been corrupted and tainted by sin. But if you walk by the Spirit, you can, I'll just read the verses from um, Galatians chapter 5, verse 19. Uh, there. So I say, walk by the Spirit. And you will not gratify or satisfy the desires of the sinful nature. The sinful, sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit. And the spirit of God desires things that are contrary to the sinful nature. They're in conflict with each other so that you do not do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. And then he lists out the acts of sinful nature, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. Quite a list, Paul. I warn you. <laughs> off, as top, I, off the top of his head. Yeah, for real. As I did before, <laughs> those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God, but the fruit of the spirit. Like if you walk surrendered in step, and then the reason the wording is genius, hey, walk by the spirit, just like a child walking on a walker, step by step by step, I'm in dependence, one step at a time. If you walk that way with the spirit of God, you will produce love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such thing, things, there is no law. Yeah. And those who belong to Christ Jesus, verse 24, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit, not becoming conceited and provoking or envying each other. So the way that you and I are experience freedom is a constant walking and dependence on the Spirit of God, being surrendered to His Word, seeking to crucify just the desires of our, our sinful nature. Whenever yeah. those pop up, confess them, reject them, and, um, and walk surrendered. God, will you help me in this moment? I don't want to experience lust. We're also told that there are steps that you and I take 
to remove access to certain things, mm -hmm. to rid ourselves of toxic relationships. Like it kind of all adds up. If, if somebody was to sit down, if I was your life coach, I could sit down and you were like, man, I just, I feel like I keep going back to smoking weed. Well, who do you hang out with? <laughs> yeah. And if yeah. you're describing people who smoke a lot of weed um, and you're like, I'm just so anxious all the time. And that's, I feel like I'm kind of almost dependent on it. It's like how I cope with anxiety. Then, and you never address the root that's leading you to those actions and you never address the uh, people in your life that are helping encourage those actions or pornography and removing access to that and getting a flip phone. Like there's, there's ways in which we proactively do what Jesus said, which is, hey, if, if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. And he's using a metaphor of, man, take extreme measures because you got to declare war against your sinful nature because your sinful nature has already declared war against you. In mm -hmm. 1 Peter chapter 2, it says that the desires of your flesh or that your sinful nature is waging war against your soul. Like that's a crazy, you guys know what I'm talking about in that? Mm -hmm. It's 1 Peter chapter yeah. 2 verse, uh, we can look it up, 13 maybe, where it just says that, man, hey, there's a, uh, inside of you, you have a sinful nature and it is declaring war against you every single day. So, uh, uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires or your sinful nature's desires, which war or wage war against your soul. And the Bible just says, hey, you need to declare war on your sin nature. It is already declared war on you. Yeah. So go on the offensive and begin to surrender and transform the way that you think, your life, and... Um, and walk in step with the spirit. That's good. It's a lot of Christianese in there. So maybe yeah. we could flesh out more if there's something that's not clear. That's good. I think um, w when when you begin the first step in this process, obviously, and you guys said this inside of here, but it's 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 trusting Christ, like trusting for what he did on the cross because as he paid the penalty for all of our sins and then we can be what made right, right relationship with God. But then I think there's a, there's a question that happens for people who have trusted Christ. Like I'm a believer and I've, I've been a believer for a while, but I'm watching myself continue to do the same sin over and over again. Um, does that mean that I'm not saved? Like, is there a question mark that, or is it possible for me to um, have thought I'm a Christian, but maybe I'm not because I keep watching myself sin? So if I keep on sinning, does that mean I'm not saved? I want you to speak into that. You know, First John talks about whoever makes a practice of sin is not born of God. And, um, and so maybe would be the answer. I would, I would say to that person, like, have they legitimately trusted in Jesus as the payment and the death and resurrection for their sin. Um, but I don't, but generally speaking, a lot of the people that are asking that question are believers. And the fact that they're even asking and hating that question is a reflection mm -hmm. of a heart that has been regenerated and doesn't want to live for themselves and wants to live in step with the spirit. And sounds a lot like the apostle Paul in Romans chapter seven, where he basically says, hey, I don't know why do I keep doing the things that I don't want to do. The things that I do want to do I don't do. Uh, I'll just read it. He says in Romans chapter 7, uh, starting at verse uh, 15, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. He's such, he's like Yoda, man. <laughs> but what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree with the law. I agree that the law is good. In other words, like, hey, whenever I find myself lusting and I don't want to do that, but I'm doing it, I'm saying that is a good instruction from God's word that mm -hmm. I shouldn't lust after people who are not my wife. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but the sin, he says, there's a sin nature that's living in me. For I know 
that good itself does not dwell in me, that is in my sin nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good that I want to do, but the evil that I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I don't want to do, it's no longer I who do it, but the sin that is living in me. So he, re- he describes a situation of a person who's going, I hate that I keep on doing this. Why do I keep on returning back? And why am I not free from sin? I just want to put this behind me, never be marked by this again. And he says, it's because there's a sin nature dwelling inside of me that every day I have to go to war. I have to wage war on it and confess, reject, walk with other people and um, walk in step with the spirit. And um, anything else y'all would add? Um, No, I think that's really good. And I was just thinking of another practical uh, way to help stop sinning is we mentioned like removing access and removing yourself from people who are kind of making you fall into that over and over. And another way would be to start hanging around people who will encourage you in your walk with the Lord and get into uh, something like a community group or a small group of people that are other Christians that can help spur you on and that you can confess your sin to, that you can walk through repentance with, because it's going to be really hard to... um, just kind of will yourself to stop when you're alone. Totally. And if you're in isolation and if, or Mm -hmm. if you have a bunch of friends that are not believers who don't have the same values or, um, yeah, if you don't have, if you don't have the right people in your life, it's going to make it really hard for you to uh, continue on as well. Totally. And Paul in that text basically says like, Hey, I, I am not enough on my own to do this. I am dependent on the spirit of God to help me and live according to his word moment by moment through prayer to surrender. God, help me now. Will you help me in this moment? Take it moment by moment. And um, that's the way the Christian life is lived. That's how we experience that freedom. If you're, if, if someone here is, is listening and is like asking this question, it's like, man, I don't want to keep sitting. I, I want you to be encouraged because that's showing that the Holy Spirit inside of you is is moving you towards like, I don't want to continue living this way. And and something we had asked earlier is, man, if I keep sinning, am I not saved? Uh, it you you uh, just because you have trusted in Christ and your you, your salvation is there doesn't mean you're suddenly going to be sinless, and so there we do have assurance of our salvation in Romans eight. Um, Paul just walks through that he's convinced that nothing he, he goes through a whole long list of things that will separate us from the love that we have in Christ Jesus our Lord, and um, and so I don't want you to be discouraged or to think that man maybe in this moment God doesn't love me because I'm I'm sinning again, but instead take that to him, show him, tell him, tell others around him and begin to walk in that freedom. Uh, but but uh, your sin doesn't reveal suddenly that God doesn't love you the same or that you're not saved. Yeah. Uh, generally, I mean, there may be somebody listening who, who yeah. you've never trusted in Christ yep. and you haven't had a moment where you surrender that and, and you don't have a regenerated heart and you're dealing with like guilt that, that hasn't been paid for and shame that hasn't been brought to light and just... and um, all covered by the blood of Jesus. And to you, that, that step is to know like, hey, I, I cannot do anything um, in line with the Spirit because I don't have the Spirit of God. And for that person, because this gets shared by people across the board, people yeah. of very different faiths listen to this podcast. Um, and if you're in that scenario, we would say that's because you don't have the Spirit of God. You can't experience freedom from sin and live in line, in line with His Word and His people without first trusting in Jesus. So I think that is it. If... Um, if there are questions or any clarity that we can bring, you can email us at ahoss at watermark.org. Um, no, you can email us as always if there's anything you'd like to cover or questions from this one at info at the porch.live. Um, that's all I got. Anything else, y'all? 
Got it. We'll see you next week on another episode of Views from the Porch. We want to thank you for listening to Views from the Porch. For more information about The Porch Ministry, visit us at theporch.live or follow us on social media at The Porch.